Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson with the communications team at Grace Community Church. Our goal with each episode of Voices of Grace is to profile followers of Jesus who are on mission in showing Jesus' love to others, and whether that's across the street or across the globe. And today I'm joined by Bryce and Samantha Wilson. Bryce and Samantha are with Extreme Response International. It's a nonprofit organization that focuses on orphans and vulnerable children, uh, women's empowerment, providing educational access and leadership development. Bryce is actually the regional director for Africa, and um, so I'm excited to talk to them today. Bryce and Samantha, thank you guys so much for taking the time. I know you know you're very busy, so I do appreciate it. It's great to be here. <laughs> okay, so I do want to um, ask both of you, and Samantha, we'll start with you. Just share a little bit of your story, um, where you grew up, where you're from, and how you came to know Jesus. Like, were you, did you know him early, or what stage in life did that happen? Yeah, so I actually grew up here in Tyler, Texas, um, and okay. actually went to Grace Community School. Um, I was actually part of a different church growing up. So yes, I knew Jesus at a young age, and um, just always involved in church, involved in youth group, involved in mission trips. Um, so it's just always been a part of my life. Um, I really accepted Christ. Um, as a teenager after my dad, uh, my grandpa passed away, my dad's dad. Um, so that was really just one of those moments where it kind of shifted of like starting to think of eternal things and all right. that really um, started playing in my mind. So at 13, I accepted Christ and was baptized and yeah, okay. been following him ever since. <laughs> awesome. And Bryce, uh, we were talking before I got excited. You had a 316 number. You, like me, born in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas, for those not familiar. So tell me a little bit about your story from Wichita, and when did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, I uh, was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas, as you said. Um, I came to know the Lord when I was pretty young, five or six, accepted Christ then, um, but really lived on my parents' faith for, for most of uh, you know growing up. And really into college is when um, Jesus became real to me. Um, had a lot of a lot of struggles uh, really in college, and and what those led me to. Um, one of the verses that popped out was Proverbs sixteen nine. Um, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Um, I had my plan, and and God really said, <laughs> "You think you have a plan? Here's my plan for you." Um, it really changed the direction of my life, and really opened doors uh, for me that I wasn't expecting, and and walked me through some very difficult things, which really challenged my faith and impacted me. Um, in a in a huge way, uh, and really one of the reasons we're sitting here today um, doing missions is because of that that time um, and what he led me through there. So take me through the two of you, and I don't know what order we go. This D- did you did you have the the idea of being missional before you found each other? Like where were you in that walk with Christ, and how did you guys come to meet each other? Yeah, so I would say mission started at a young age with me. Um, I remember going to vacation Bible schools at church and missionaries coming to visit and sharing their stories and just being very interested in it. And then all through like my youth, I would serve on mission trips with our youth group at church. And um, my senior year of high school was the first time I was able to go on an international mission trip to Brazil. Um, It's actually a medical mission trip because I'm a nurse and I was looking into going into medical missions um, around that time. Um, So that's kind of where it began for me, um, where my heart was just open to what international missions could look like. And I'd say for me, I had the uh, benefit or you know, unbenefit of graduating college in 2009, right as the economy uh, took the turn for the worse. So I had an engineering job all lined up, and that offer was rescinded. Oh. Um, so I graduated unemployed. Um, but God used that and took me to an organization 
um, called EMI Engineering Ministries International that did that does design work in in other countries. Um, and so I did an internship with them for four months, and that was really my start into the missions world. Um, so I lived in Colorado Springs and then did a 10-day trip to southern Nigeria um, where God really just used the people there to, to show me a world outside of my own and really uh, open my eyes to what he was doing globally and just the needs that are out there and the people that uh, he loves that you know we could have an impact on because um, he is having an impact on. Um, and so that's really where my foray into missions started. Um, and then we both got working uh, just normal jobs. Uh, Sam was a nurse, me as an engineer. Um, and through various circumstances, I moved back. Uh, I came to Tyler, Texas, um, 2012, 2013-ish. Uh, and that's where we met. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so at that point, we were we both ended up at Grace Community Church. Um, I had already been attending Grace because uh, I started going to the college ministry. Um, and yeah, so Bryce and I met at Grace through the Young Professionals Group because um, since both of our jobs were here in Tyler and that's kind of where it began yeah we were going to Bible study together and just had mutual friends um, all of the young professionals would hang out on the weekends and everything together and so that's kind of where it started that's so cool though that it all started you know with you guys meeting each other at Grace yeah um, okay so at that time I guess when you, when you decide okay we're gonna get married was was that kind of the talk before? Hey, we're 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 not going to be here long. We're going somewhere else. Um, we had talked about it, and and it was really interesting. A lot of couples you meet, it's usually one or the other, or very missional minded. Um, when we we got together, uh, we were dating. I think, and more and more topics kept coming up. And I was like, hey, I got this interest in doing missions. That might be a thing. I have that interest too. Um, and so we decided uh, that we would use part of our vacation um, to go on one mission trip a year, one short-term trip. Um, and so we went uh, with Grace to Quito, Ecuador uh, when we were engaged um, in the first year. And then the second year we went when we were married. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of our launch into missions. And then from there, it was like, okay, what are we doing? You know, this is just a, we want to take baby steps to figure out where the Lord might be leading us. We didn't know when, we didn't know where, we didn't know what, um, because engineering and nursing, there's not a whole lot of overlap. Uh, so we ended up doing neither, uh, but we are still working for the Lord in, in what he's called us to do. So I guess explain, can, um, how you guys got connected to um, Extreme Response International and also what, what specifically they do. Can you guys explain that? Yeah. yeah, so through those mission trips that Bryce mentioned to Quito, Ecuador, those were part in partnership with Extreme Response because um, the missionaries um, from Grace were the Wallaces and they were already working with Extreme Response at that time. Um, so that's how we got connected with the organization. And just through those trips, we got to see how they shared the gospel and how they practically lived out um, caring for those people that are in need um, and really enjoyed um, that style of ministry. Um, so that's how we got initially interested in Extreme Response. And when we started talking about long-term missions, as Bryce said, it was just kind of little baby steps. And then all of a sudden we looked back and now we're living in South Africa. But um, yeah, we just thought, you know, we'll go on these short-term trips, we'll get plugged into ministries. And then when there's an opportunity that arises, we'll follow it. Um, and Extreme Response was that. We decided it was best not to just Google search what ministries we could work with when we knew one that was credible, that Grace was already connected with. Um, so that was important to us. 
Um, yeah, so we actually applied with extreme response not knowing where we were gonna go. Okay. Uh, we applied just on the basis that we knew the organization well um, and asked them what positions they had available, what the need was, and that's how we ended up in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a slight marital disagreement about where we wanted to go, so we let God through ER decide for us. Okay. Um, not saying who won, but yeah, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did wonder, like, how, how difficult was that? I mean, that's a major decision. Yeah. Um, I, was there any fear in that? Or I guess explain to people how you walked through that and just trusting God. <clears throat> a lot of prayer. Um, so we ended up doing a short-term trip to South Africa um, and really coming back from that trip, the Lord led us into, okay, this is the, the time is right. Um, I, I won't say we had a you know lightning bolt moment. God didn't audibly spay, move to Africa. Yeah. Um, we say it's a lot of like little, little small steps, um, a little bit of nudging. Uh, I like to say there was kind of a low grade agitation. Like the Lord was saying, Hey, what you're doing is great, but I have something else that I want you to be doing. Um, and so he, he moved us in that direction um, step by step. And so we spent two months praying um, and talking to other people. Uh, and then when we, when we did get the offer after we accepted, we again, we interviewed and, and talked to several other people, including missionaries on the field of, hey, what's this like? What is ER like? What is this position that we're offered like as a regional director? What, is this, what does all this look like? Um, and just kind of took those small steps uh, moving, moving forward. So on the, um, on the ERI website, it says uh, we're in the business of creating big dreams. Yeah. Can you explain more in detail what that means? Yeah, um, I can explain a little bit. Let me start with what ER does, okay. what ER is, okay. and then I can get to that okay. um, for a second. Um, Extreme Response International started uh, just over 25 years ago, actually in Quito, Ecuador, um, and it really was the personal ministry of a family living there. Uh, he was working for another organization, and God just told him, hey, go to this trash dump, look down, see the people working in there, um, who's who's ministering to them? Who's doing anything with them? And the answer was no one. Um, so on the weekends, him and his family started um, just loving on the on the kids and the families that live there. And from that, um, an international organization was born. We now have four global offices. We're headquartered outside of Atlanta. Um, we still have our office in Quito, Ecuador, uh, our office that we work in in Cape Town, South Africa, and an office in Manila in the Philippines. Um, and we now focus on three main areas. One is education reinforcement, um, what we call the Dream Center programs, um, where we bring in kids from vulnerable backgrounds um, and try to uh, feed them, uh, help them with their homework, uh, and then on do daily devotions with them, really building relationships. Um, and we, we take those kids usually from grade one all the way through elementary school or primary school, um, which could be grade six, seven, depending on where you, where you live, and in high school. Uh, secondly, we do education, or sorry, we do life skills and leadership training. Um, that looks differently in each country. We have a sewing program in Manila. We have a um, like a soap and, and um, carpentry uh, unit in Quito in South Africa. We use functional fitness uh, as a way to build relationships and, and teach young men what it's like to be a coach and a trainer and a leader um, in their in their facility in their schools and um, in their sports teams. Um, so yeah, and then thirdly, we do leadership development, where we come alongside leaders of other organizations, helping them um, and growing them up through teaching, uh, coaching, training, and resources to continue doing what they do and do it better um, to in their organization, their context. So 
yeah, I mean, creating big dreams. We want to see people dream above their current station in life. Um, so we are in the poverty alleviation business, I guess is the best way to put it, um, where we uh, work with those living somewhere underneath the poverty line in most cases, um, and then helping them figure out, okay, how do I go from where I am now to, to something something more um and education and leadership are the two two main drivers where that is has a huge potential um to to help people just really dream beyond their station in life Uh, that's where we see a lot of the the kids the kids specifically like their parents are living one way and that's all they know and so we want to open doors to show them okay there's so much more out there um that you can do that you can dream beyond your current station in life um and we just want to help them to do that um, I want to talk about the role that both of you play. Uh, Samantha, let's start with you. So what role do you uh, play within the organization? Yeah, so I have a, a few <laughs> small roles, basically, okay. but um, I am a volunteer coordinator, uh, which means anybody that wants to come volunteer at the Dream Center or with our fitness program, any place they want to volunteer with us, I coordinate all those details, just logistics of getting them there, and then I also just encourage them and walk with them while they're living in a foreign country yeah. and trying to figure that out right. with culture shock and different things they process. Um, so I'm just there for them in that. Um, and then I also work at the dream center five days a week. Um, so I love going there. I uh, love the kids there. I help to cook the food for them. Um, so they each get a hot meal every day and, um, I help them with their schoolwork. So yeah, it just looks like living life with them every day. You're building relationships with them. Um, the, the kids start in grade one, um, and then they continue on. And so you're seeing the kids as they grow up and they stay with us. Um, so I think that's a huge benefit because that's where the relationship builds and the trust builds. Um, so you'll see kids come in and it's not like they come in one day and then there's a dramatic transformation. It's just an ongoing thing that we get to be a part of, which is really sweet. Um, and it's really cool. Cause then you have those days where you're just doing the mundane, helping them with math homework, you know, and all of right. a sudden they start asking you about Jesus. Um, so, yeah, we have sweet moments like that. That's really cool. And Bryce, your role as the regional director, what does that look like? Um, yeah, so that's a lot more of the administrative side. I have the privilege of leading a team of 10 um, in South Africa. Uh, doing the programs they operate. So operating the Fishhook Dream Center, um, we call it L327 Fitness is our fitness ministry. Um, and then we have another Dream Center we started about a year and a half ago with a, with a partner organization called the Limpopo Dream Center, um, which is a, a few hours away from us. Um, so I get a, to oversee and, and um, help our staff do what they do better. They're the frontline missionaries. They're the ones sharing go- the gospel with the kids each and every day. So whatever I can do to help them out, I do that. Um, I do a lot of our admin, finance, bookkeeping stuff, um, do a lot of the vision casting and relationship building. Um, so we're looking at, hey, how can we expand the ministry? Where can we go next? Um, can we start new dream centers? So my role is to figure out um, where those might be and build the relationships and start planning, okay, how are we going to get from nothing to having a fully functioning operating program uh, that is going to be able to sustain itself, um, you know, in the next few years. Uh, so I got to do all of that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a great joy and privilege to, to, to be, um, a leader. It's also a lot of responsibility and, um, a lot, a lot of pressure, I think, um, some days is, is easier than others, but just rely on the Lord for wisdom and strength to, to know how to lead well, um, which is tough. 
Yeah. Um, you, so you're the director for all of Africa. Does that mean, like, do you have to travel a lot? I mean, are there multiple locations within Africa? You guys are based in South Africa, but are you yeah. all over the place? Yeah, so we mainly work in South Africa. Um, so we have three programs in, in, in Africa and in South Africa. Um, but then we have also ministry partnerships with other organizations doing like-minded things. Uh, most of them are, are smaller, and so they, they don't have a U.S. presence. So we sometimes will um, raise money with them, or, or they can raise money through us using our 501c3, and then we provide accountability for them. They uh, might get teams or volunteers coming through us as well because they don't have the, the background or the, the support system to make that happen. So there are other countries like Malawi, Kenya, Mozambique, where we have um, partnerships there. Um, I would like to travel more. Uh, however, COVID has really changed the world and, yeah. and, and specifically made traveling very expensive and very challenging, um, along with the various visa issues that come up. Um, so I do travel a decent bit, probably a few times a year inside of South Africa to different different locations. Um, we traveled uh, in, in Africa when we first got there in 2019, pre-COVID, um, but post-COVID, we haven't really gone many places yet. Uh, part of it is I can fly to America for the same price I can fly to like Malawi, wow. um, about twelve to fifteen hundred dollars, which is crazy. Um, but that's just the way it is right now. And so we're working out. Okay, how do you, how do you make the best? You, or how do you utilize the resources God has provided you most efficiently, most effectively? Um, so you really have to justify you know trips like that, um, which we haven't really been able to do yet. Um, I have talked to a c- couple other missionaries that have come back and since COVID and and the change that it made, was there a point, uh, and maybe a silly question, but that you were just discouraged and you're like, we can't continue this. I mean, did you have those, those doubts? How did you guys persevere through that? You know, I mean, basically all of our programs are, yeah, are based on relationships. And then it was kind of like, you can't Can't have really, yeah, you can't talk to people and you can't touch people. And, um, so it definitely put a damper on what we normally do, but i I feel like actually in some ways, um, just as a team personally in South Africa, there was a lot of shift in like, okay, we can't do all our normal individual things. So then like, it was a force, like we need to come together and figure out something new. That's like, we still need to provide for people. We still need to look after the kids and the families that we work with. So it was, it was difficult in some ways, but then in other ways it was, just a great opportunity to get outside of the normal and think through like, what does God have us here for and how can we best support the families of the ministries that we work with? Um, and so that turned into like food distribution, like distributing books to the kids that would normally come to dream center so they could still read and just different things. Um, so it's kind of a fun way to just think outside of the normal and be creative and what God had provided for us to share with them. Yeah, so. we had we had amazing donors and supporters of ER that just provided um, greatly during that time, um, and just continue and continues to do so in, in amazing ways. But we were able to help feed thousands of people um, on an ongoing basis um, during during COVID because I mean the the unemployment rate went from thirty percent to like seventy percent in the country wow. almost overnight when they had their hard lockdown. Um, because all the jobs that were, you know, restaurants or tourism or even domestic workers, um, 
you know, they couldn't go to work and they weren't getting paid. And so there was, there was a huge uh, need. And so we were able to pivot to, to help meet that need with the families we work with and then with other organizations and other ministries that well, there was need there. So we just helped where we could. And really it was just being faithful to the the sphere of people that God had placed in, in, in our hearts. I mean, we couldn't, you know, meet every need. Uh, that's, that's unrealistic, but being faithful to the ones that we could meet through the donations and through the support that so many people here in the States were providing was, was amazing to, to watch and, and be able to do. So within that, I did want to ask you guys, is there, um, is there a moment or a story that uh, just where you saw God move? I mean, and Samantha, when you were talking about the Dream Center earlier, I could see you getting a little emotional. Like, uh, no, but I think that's great. I, I mean, is there is there a moment or a story that you guys would want to share that, I mean, you're like, wow, that was awesome how God moved there? Uh, I mean, there's I think there's lots of little moments and, and a couple of big moments, but um, two that stick out are very recent. Um, we've, we've been there, we being the, the ER team, uh, predating us, uh, Bryce and Samantha have been there eight years. Um, and so they started the dream center eight years ago. Um, and our staff has faithfully been walking with these kids for that long. And just, just recently within the past, I think month, two of the eighth graders accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and savior. Um, and you can just see the, the blood, sweat and tears. Our staff has poured into them for eight years yeah. to get to this point. Um, and so it's really been exciting to see that, that fruit starting to bear, um, just seeing God working and changing their hearts in, in these kids lives and what they're, you know, the path they're on and the, the backgrounds they come from, um, you know, their life is still challenging. Um, but but now they have Jesus, uh, which is uh, so incredible to to see and witness. So that's really been a fun um, and amazing just shift. Uh, really recently, we had another kid a couple of years ago accepted the Lord and was able to get baptized. That was awesome to see. Um, but yeah, when you work with with kids, it's a long, sometimes a long process yeah. to get to that point. Um, so to see the fruit starting to come in the really the the lessons they've been learning and hearing and 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 you know being able to be a part of for the past eight years coming to take take hold and fruition it's really cool to see god working um in that way yeah because with that like with kids like probably a majority of the kids if you asked them at the dream center if they believed in jesus probably a majority would say yes and then it's it's sweet because then now yeah the older kids are starting to realize like there's kind of something that goes to it like like there's a personal relationship that i can have um, yeah, see, I always get a little, a little emotional when I talk about it. Um, yeah, so really it's just like now they're starting to figure out, oh, like I can read the Bible for myself. Like, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. This is, this is Sam's MO. She uh, cries at everything we do for grace. So yeah, it's terrible. But our, it's just, I don't think it's terrible cause I'm a crier too. So. Yeah, it's, it's just, okay. it's just hard, but but it is just a sweet um, thing to be a part of, yeah, that you get to see that they're now to a point where they're starting to take on memorizing scripture, reading scripture, like, yeah, just learning on their own, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, and some of them, their families maybe are believers, maybe not. So some of them are not a part of, like, a regular local church. Um, some are, but so it's really neat to see that even if their family won't take them to church, they still have a Bible and they can read it for themselves and they know how to pray. And mm -hmm. yeah, they know they can talk to us if they have questions. So it's cool. We were able to give Bibles to all the graduating seventh graders. So in, 
South Africa primary school is grade one to seven. Okay. So when they graduated grade seven last year, they all got a, a personalized Bible um, as like a, you know, here's a gift. Yeah. To, to, when you go into the world, you know, the big bad high school world, <laughs> um, here's a gift that you can you can turn to. Um, and I think it's it's really paying off. So I'll give you one other story. Okay. Uh, yeah, please. That's, that, that was pretty cool. That happened um, this last October. We, we do a leadership conference every year. Um, I help coordinate with a couple other ministry uh, guys um, from other organizations, and we try and gather just a group of men and women together um, in South Africa to do leadership training for a four-day summit, we call it. Um, and this time, we had seven different countries represented um, at this gathering. Uh, so we have a great picture of us, but it's really, it is the ends of the earth. I mean, you're talking... Um, just the most of Southern Africa that where, where guys and gals are going out and doing ministries in the ends of the earth and they're coming to us to get trained and fed and encouraged and then sent back out to go do what they do and just really seeing God working um, in that way. We got to worship in, in all those different languages. We got to um, just praise God in that and train up um, these different leaders to go back to do, to do their ministry, to share Jesus Christ. Um, in countries that desperately need it, with with a, with cultures that desperately need it, um, yeah, to to really to the ends of the earth. That was a huge um, God God moment and really a blessing to be a part of. That's so cool. Okay, so we're recording this in March. You guys are here in Tyler right now. So, how long are you back? What does the future hold um, in terms of when you can go back to Africa? Yeah, so we're just here for a couple months, uh, nine weeks, and we're heading back April 6th. We'll head back to South Africa. So, yeah, we've got, what, three-ish more weeks left, three to four weeks. Yeah. So has it been uh, has it been good coming back? Is it something like like you miss being it, or is it like, no, you're, you need the time to kind of recharge? And- <clears throat> um, I think it's been, it's been a great trip uh, to come back, and really... Um, it's awesome to, to kind of say this, but South Africa is home now that's for cool. us. Like, that's so cool we, we feel like, we feel like we're home there and we're, we're just visiting, um, back here in the States. But, you know, our, our families, uh, our, our friends, they all want to see us and, and spend time with us. So it is great to come back and reconnect. Um, we did stay a little bit longer this time, um, trying to, to see and go further out, um, to see people we hadn't seen in, in since we left four, four plus years ago. Um, so we've done a fair amount of traveling this time to different places. I think we'll end up hitting eight states by the time we're done. Um, so not too restful, but uh, we do get some time off to, to relax and um, enjoy a little bit of rest. But it's been good to reconnect with so many family and friends, um, specifically ones we hadn't seen in a long time. How has Grace been able to kind of walk alongside you guys through this process and serving? Yeah, Grace has been awesome. I mean, we couldn't ask for a better a better sending church. Um, so it started all the way back when we were like, Hey, what's this missions thing? How do we, how do we go about doing this? Um, Grace has what they call the Explorer program, um, which is for prospective missionaries. So if you are interested in doing missions or you want to think about doing missions, um, talk to, talk to the missions pastors or, or, um, and say, Hey, what, what is this Explorer program? How do we get involved in that? Because, for us, it was just a, a huge blessing and opportunity to, to, for Grace to come alongside and help us explore what it would be like to be missionaries, um, walk through different trainings. I think six, six different areas they, they put us through. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a huge blessing uh, for one. And then as we've been sent out, of course, Grace provides uh, a, a great amount of financial support monthly. Um, they provide 
uh, just accountability and relationship and um, through the missions board that meets. Um, we had a, a couple come visit us for missionary care just to, hey, how are you guys doing? You've been on the field, a field a year now. Let's talk. Let's pray. Let's seek the Lord together. Um, so that was cool that Grace provides that. And then we're, we're doing this podcast from the missions house, um, yeah. which is a huge blessing uh, for us to have a house and a car when we come back that we can use. Um, it's such a relaxing, restful place to have our own space. Um, and, and for all the grace missionaries, what a privilege it is to have this available to us and, and to be able to, um, to know that we have somewhere to stay when we're in town and we're not, you know, it's great to stay with family or friends, but again, you're always feel like you're kind of in their way at some point. And, right. and this just allows us to, um, have our own space where we can, we can turn off for a little bit, switch off to when we go meet with people or we go talk at churches or we do something like this where we can, um, really pour energy into it because we have that energy available from having this house and, and the car available to us. So um, grace is huge in that. And, and we, we always just are amazed at how much they support missions and missionaries. And so I mean, just a huge thank you to all of the, um, the people listening, all the grace uh, pastors and staff, all the grace uh, members and supporters that give. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a blessing to be, to be sent out by a, a church that, that loves um, doing worldwide missions, um, whether it's here in Tyler or in South Africa or around the world, like grace is so about, you know, helping spread Jesus wherever, wherever we are. Samantha, for anyone listening to this right now, they're thinking, how can we pray? How can we pray for you guys? Uh, what are, what are maybe a few things that we could pray for you guys this year before you head back or when you do go back? Yeah, I would just say, um, just for our time here, just for continued connection with the people that we're meeting with, um, it's been a joy, um, and we are super thankful, as Bryce said, to have the opportunities to meet with people and to go a little farther out than we normally would. So just for just sweet connections with friends and family. Um, also, yeah, just as we go back with just thinking forward with ministry and different things, just always pray for the people in our programs, just that they would come to know the Lord, um, just for the youth that we work with, the kids that we work with. Um, yeah, just for those opportunities to be able to speak truth into their life. Um, and also just for growth as Bryce um, plans and makes decisions on how do we grow and expand? How do we make um more relationships to build new dream centers. Um, a lot of those are done with locals. Um, and that's like our hope going forward is to build dream centers with local, um, people. Um, so in that, like, how do you, um, to like have a wise <laughs> approach to yeah. how you, um, grow and expand. So yeah, just for those things would be great. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we do that. Um, if someone heard this and they don't, they didn't know anything about Extreme Response International and they want to learn more, what would you, where should they go? Yeah, I mean, definitely ExtremeResponse.org is, is the website uh, for, for ER, um, or you can email us. Um, B. Wilson is, is, is my name. Uh, I'm sorry, my email, bwilson at extremeresponse.org um, would be a great place also to start. I could point them in the right direction. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have conversations. Specifically, if you want to come, you know, volunteer, uh, which would be awesome, or Grace is bringing a short term team actually for the first time in June um, that's being put together right now. Um, so talk to uh, Stephen Wycliffe or, or Sandra about that. Um, and just, yeah, just want to come on and see what we do. It'd be awesome to have you on the ground in South Africa. That's so cool. Well, I do want to thank you guys, one, for your time, but just for your obedience to God. And uh, we will be praying for you. And the church loves you. And uh, 
I thank you though for, you know, just con- giving us the conviction of, of, you know, we talk about here always being on mission where we live, work and play and you guys are living that. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate thank you it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate the Wilsons for joining me today. I thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, and if you want more information, uh, we will have the information listed under the podcast link uh, where you can contact Bryce or to get more information for Extreme Response International. I am Ryan Peterson. You've been listening to Voices of Grace. <laughs>